Now King Hiram of Tyre sent his servants to Solomon when he heard that they had anointed him king of, in place of, the, of his father. For Hiram had always been a friend to David. Solomon sent word to Hiram, saying, You know that my father David could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God, because the warfare with which his enemies surrounded him, until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor misfortune. So I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord said to my father David, Your son, whom I will set on your throne in your place, shall, bid the, shall build the house for my name. The word of the Lord. Before I start, I, uh, this is not the first time this has happened, that uh, Consecration Sunday and Reformation Sunday fall on the same weekend. Uh, and if any of you are good, hardcore Lutherans, you would probably think that Luther is somewhere rolling over in his grave right now, that on the Sunday that we take promises for our congregation is the same Sunday as Reformation Sunday. So uh, we just apologize and charge forward as if nothing was absolutely wrong with all of those things. <laughs> uh, the, the other little preliminary note is on days when all of those children sing, there is no reason for a sermon, so thanks. <laughs> Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, stir up your holy power this day and come. Send your spirit into our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our ears, that we might hear a word for us today anew, and that we too might then live out that which we believe. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So a Muslim, a Jew, and a Christian all walk into a bar together. And the bartender, as they sit down, looks at them and says, hey, what, is this some sort of a joke? <laughs> Thank you for humoring me. <laughs> the only thing is, it actually wasn't a joke. It actually happened. And uh, there's actually something about it that, because it sounds like a joke, uh, in many ways kind of bothers me, to tell you the truth, but this actually did happen. Um, a Christian, a Jew, and a Muslim all walked into Pub 819 in downtown Hopkins on this last Tuesday. It was Sheikh Jamel from the Aleman Center. It was Rabbi David Lockett from Bet Shalom over in Minnetonka, and representing all of you was, unfortunately, me. And there was no joke. We actually sat down and had lunch together. The beginning of lunch was actually sort of interesting as both uh, David Lockett and uh, Sheikh Jamel had to ask a number of questions about what was in a number of the items that were on the menu that day, uh, which struck me as so interesting as sort of this strange public profession of the depth of their faith as they were trying to figure out whether or not they could order a Cobb salad. I thought that was interesting. And the, uh, not sort of ironically, the first thing that we started to talk about was money. Uh, probably because David asked me what was happening at our congregation, our family of faith this week, and I said it was Consecration Sunday. Uh, and as we started to talk, it was really interesting to me that uh, Rabbi Lockett started to talk about the Hebrew word that means generosity or charity or the word that they use for giving. And if you are a Hebrew scholar, please forgive my Hebrew pronunciation. It was zedekah. And he started to talk about how the word zedekah in their community means not only the charitable act of giving, 
but it is also the charitable act of participating in God's love for the world. It is not just the benefit for those who receive, but there also is a tangible, talked-about benefit that comes back to the person who is giving of a sense of participation in God's ongoing love and work in the world. And I asked him, I said, do you talk about that? And he said, yes, all the time. And what was really interesting, too, is I talked about what we do for consecration. He talked about what they do for their fundraising, which is very, very different. And yet so much of the theology around how we think about money is the same. What really caught my attention was when Sheikh Jamel said, the Arabic word has ties to the Hebrew word for generosity and charity. And again, if you know Arabic, please forgive my pronunciation. It's zakah. They have etymologically connections with the Hebrew word. And he said it has the same exact sense in Arabic that it does in Hebrew. That not only is it the charitable act of giving, but it is the charitable act of receiving that idea that we are participating in God's ongoing work in the world. And I thought that was so interesting. It turns out that the Muslim family does their fundraising and their stewardship much more in common than the way we do it than we have with our Jewish brothers and sisters. And I found that to be interesting too. And at the end of the joke of the meal, the rabbi, the priest, and the imam having lunch together, of course what we discover is that we have far more in common than we are different. Sitting around the table, in fact, while we might talk about you and I together as family of faith, brothers and sisters, it dawned on me that these are our, these are our cousins. And if you have cousins, you'll probably see them at Thanksgiving, and you know how that can go. It's interesting because our ancestral family home as cousins are all built right on top of each other, as if we were trying to sort of claim uh, God's mansion over in Israel in the middle of the Far East. Solomon's temple that he builds in the text for today was destroyed and then there was another one built on top of it and then the Roman Christians came in and they built another uh, Christian church on top of that and then the Muslims came along and built a church, the Dome of the Rock, on top of that. I don't know if you've ever gotten together with your cousins at Thanksgiving, but when we got together with our cousins at Thanksgiving, you played like Monopoly or something like that and if you ever fought with anybody playing over Monopoly, you fought the most with your cousins. And it turns out that's not that different. However, sitting there with the imam and the rabbi and me, it was so clear to me that we need to stop our squabbling for Pete's sakes and come together as family. Mosques have been bombed and stolen from and broken into. Synagogues have been threatened to the point where the FBI has partnered with Bet Shalom and they've spent so much money to keep themselves safe, it's ridiculous. We have more in common than we do that separates us. And just sitting there together and having lunch, I just felt a wave of overwhelming sense of gratitude that the three of us could sit together in a restaurant share the stories of our families of faith together, and eat. It, it is kind of a joke. I wish it wasn't. But a pastor, a rabbi, and imam all walked into a bar together. And then we hugged and walked back out into the world. What 
I'm grateful for on this Sunday morning is that the seeds of faith that have been sown so deeply into this family of faith by those saints who have gone before us have built for us a home, God's house, in which we too gather together the seeds of those faith traditions, not to articulate our differences, but to articulate the love of our neighbor. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but have you ever thought that every time you come here, you're actually walking into somebody else's house? Have you ever thought about that? I never thought about that till this week in Solomon building the temple. The saints of Soth's shepherd of the hills has passed have gifted us with a home. In fact, if you were to sort of pause and think about this for just a second, it's really quite the mansion when you get right down to it. We have an auditorium. We have like this giant dining room space where we're going to go out and have lunch. There are like offices, aka bedrooms, where the staff often sleeps during the day, getting ready for what happens that night. There's a kitchen. I know it. I've seen you do it. Don't lie. <laughs> you and I, every time we come to church on Sunday morning, walk into somebody else's house that somebody else both built, envisioned, and paid for. We are heirs of the sacrifice of those who have gone before us and their dedication and their vision. When you have your rear end in that pew, somebody else likely paid for it. When we come together and we hear the music that has transformed our hearts and lives for so long, someone else wrote it. When we come together as a family of faith and have communion and breakfast together, it is likely that somebody else built the kitchen that made the food that we so graciously eat. As Solomon built God's temple for God's people, so have those who have gone before us built this house for us where we come together and somehow through the bricks and fabric of the very place we seep in God's love and then send it out into the world. I am so grateful for all of those who have gone before us. Walter and Dorothy Anderson, for Vern and Muriel Clausen, for Bob and Peggy Helgerud, for Quinton and Flo Weberg, for Russ and Judy Sodebeer, for Bob and Mabel Auden, the saints of Shepherd's Pass that I have had the honor and privilege to walk with in both their life and in so many of their deaths. These are the Solomons of this family of faith, the builders of God's house at 500 Blake Road South, where we gather together today, warm and filled with God's love. How often do we get the chance to pause and honor our mothers and fathers of our family of faith who have gone before? I am grateful for the spirit of welcome that they so deeply poured into this place that still somehow seeps into us today. And here's the thing. Today, you and I are now them. You are not only heirs, you are the recipients of God's promise and this house. You are the stewards of all that happens here and then all that happens in the world because of what happens together here during the week. This is now your house, our house, together, where you and I are responsible for stewarding all the gifts that come out of this place and then are sent out into the world. 
today, I am so, I am so grateful for each and every one of you. The, the thing that I also know, because Sean tells me this, and Sean is our office person who will eventually take your financial promises and enter them into the computer, she tells me that most often what happens is that when people come on Sunday morning, we have spies among you, don't, don't, don't pretend. She says what, what usually happens is that people come on Sunday morning and they have the idea of what they promise they think they're going to share financially with us as a congregation. And I have a feeling that you have all come ready to decide and ready to share what God has so graciously first given you and what you will now share on God's behalf for this place and the sake of the world. I don't do this very often, but I want to implore you to reconsider. I want to know if you would consider taking one more step. Because I think what God has in store for us is more ahead of us than what is behind us. There is so much more of God's vision that is to come than has been part of our past. Let me highlight some of the things that I think are out ahead of us there is an age today where in the New York Times there are newspaper articles that highlight the high levels and increased reported of anxiety and depression among our adolescents. The future of these students that came up and sang this morning. Our middle school students and our high school students are more anxious and depressed than ever. I need them. I need them with all my heart and soul to have a place like Shepherd where they are reminded that they are not defined by their latest test score, the number of face they, Facebook likes they got online, or the way that they were called ugly or stupid at school today. I need them every week to be reminded that they are God's beloved children, that at their baptism they have been claimed as God's child no matter what. I desperately need a place where they can come and hear that each and every week. There are refugees in the world who are longing for a place to call home. We need to sponsor them. There are disasters around the world where God's people need to come together and offer their financial gifts to make a difference in the world. That place is here. There are apartments in our community that are threatened by the wonderful and tremendous economic changes that are happening right around us that are good for so many parts of our community. And yet at the same time, there are what are called naturally occurring affordable housing units that are being threatened because of economic development. And those people are displaced. Where are they going to live? Somebody in the community needs to speak on their behalf and help to find a place that's affordable and quality housing for everyone. Brothers and sisters, we are the people that stand up and ask those questions. And there are adults who are tired and have run ragged from the schedule of our culture that places so many demands on each of them that need a place to come on Sunday morning to find rest and Sabbath and hope. And to be reminded that despite all of the pressures of life, you too are God's beloved. I need a place that encourages all of us to walk into a bar and sit down with a Muslim and a Jew and an atheist and an agnostic and walk out friends. And that is who God has called us to be.
Amen.